listening to audio from Risen Life Fellowship. If you'd like to learn more about our church or donate to this ministry, please visit risenlifefellowship.com. Good morning. Though we're not able to meet publicly for our normal Sunday gathering, it doesn't mean we can't still worship together by studying God's Word this morning. Thankfully, church isn't a building, but rather the body of Christ. We live at a time where technology allows us to still meet, even though we can't be together in person. Hopefully, we'll be able to gather together soon, but until then, we'll be able, we'll be able to continue to find alternative methods of preaching the gospel and proclaiming God's love to our community. Several weeks ago, Josh asked me to preach for him. I didn't have a topic yet, so I began praying what God would have me share. I kept coming back to the topic of authentic community. I had been preparing to preach on this topic for this past Sunday, and then we had to move to an alternative method of meeting due to the coronavirus that's going around. At first, this kind of threw a wrench into things. I thought, how in the world do I talk about authentic community when the big buzzword is social distancing? It kind of seems opposite to what we're being asked to do right now. Then I thought, there's really no better time about to talk about community than right now when people are craving it and not sure where or how to find it. So this morning, we're going to answer two questions. What do, we, what do we mean when we say authentic community, and how do we achieve it, especially when we're isolated from each other? Humans were created with a desire for community. We were constantly looking for other people to go to the same places as us, listen to the same music, have the same hobbies, etc. However, the truth is, we don't ever find a real sense of community. We just have people who have shared interest in common places as us. But what if there was a community that always welcomed you, regardless of your background, hobbies, or interests? What if you could find a community that never changes, yet changes you? When you become a Christian, you are welcomed into God's community, a community of God's people called together for God's purpose. That inner longing and desire you you feel to live in authentic community is only satisfied in God's presence, gathered together with God's people, unified under God's purpose. So what does this look like? Well, let's flip over to Acts 2 and see what it says. At this point in the passage, Jesus has ascended into heaven. The Holy Spirit now indwells those who are in Christ. And Peter is wrapping up a sermon where he's preaching the gospel in Jerusalem. So let's pick up in verse 40. It says, And with many other words he testified and exhorted them, saying, Be saved from this perverse generation. Then those who gladly received his word were baptized, and that day about 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfast, steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in prayers. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles. Now all who believed were together, and had all things in common, and sold their possessions and goods, and divided them among all, as anyone had need. 
So continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who are being saved. This church is off, or this chapter is often viewed as the birth of the church and shows us a clear picture of how God's community of people are to live, find purpose, and serve one another to be a witness to the world. So let's break down this passage and discuss five marks of authentic community. The first is that the church is a Christ-centered community. What separates the church from all other groups of people is Jesus. The mission of the church is to glorify God above all. Verse 22, or, for, or excuse me, verse 42 shows us that the church committed themselves to the studying of God's word. You might be sitting there and say, the church rallies around Christ as their mission, but many other organizations rally around their own mission. Friend groups are on a mission to do the things they have a common interest in. Teams are on a mission to win a championship. Even the United States military has a common goal to defend against all enemies, foreign and domestic. So what makes the church so special? Ephesians 2, 19-22 says, So then you are no longer strangers and aliens, but you are fellow citizens and saints and members of the household of God, built on the foundation of the apostles and prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the cornerstone, in whom the whole structure being joined together, grows into a, a holy temple in the Lord. In him, you also are being built together into a dwelling place for God by the Holy Spirit. When our hearts are aligned with the heart of God, the Spirit brings a supernatural unity among the body. As we've seen over the past few weeks, sports seasons can get canceled, friend groups can be forced to no longer see each other, things that once unite us can be taken away and suddenly our community is just breaks down however whether the churches meet or not we are still united united in christ secondly the church is a community that worships when our worship is centered on jesus our hearts are humbled we can't worship some someone or something that we feel we're better than Worship is the means by which we recognize Jesus as our Lord. It's the reason churches typically hold a time of worship prior to the sermon. It's not a matter of something to break the ice or because everyone else does it that way. We worship before the teaching of God's word, so we are humbled and in a place to learn. The second thing that happens when we worship is it aligns our hearts with the heart of God. Ezekiel 36, 26 says, And I will give you a new heart and a new spirit I will put in you. And I will remove the heart of stone from your flesh and give you a heart of flesh. When our hearts are aligned with the heart of God, we don't have room for petty differences between those in the church. Acts 2, 47 says, that through praising God, the, the church was able to find favor with all people. We understand the mercy and forgiveness shown towards us, and we in turn show it towards others. We love the way God first loves us. 
Thirdly, we see that the church in Acts is a growing community. The greatest indicator of something that something is alive is by the fact that it is growing. A tree that is living doesn't stay a sapling. It grows up to be a tall oak. Likewise, children grow up, businesses expand. All living organisms grow, and the church is the same. But how do each of these grow? Plants need water. Children need food. Basically, growth requires nutrients. Acts 2.42 lists three key nutrients the church requires. It says, And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and fellowship, in the breaking of bread, and in prayers. Individually, and ultimately, the church grows in community when we are studying the word, fellowshipping, and praying with each other. Last week, we didn't get to hold an actual service, but instead we prayed from our individual homes together on various topics regarding the current climate we're in, and we prayed for specific things for each other. Since Sunday, I've been able to talk to several people from our church, and the thing I keep hearing over and over is how unified everyone felt, even though we weren't physically together. When the body is studying and praying together, the Holy Spirit brings a sense of unity better than we can create ourselves. And ultimately, God is glorified when the body is growing in grace and knowledge and serving others. This leads us to our next point. Starting in verse 44, it says, Now all who believed were together and had all things in common and sold their possessions and goods and divided them all as anyone had need. Another mark of authentic community is that the church is a generous community. When someone is hurting or in need, we take care of them like family. When someone has extra, we share. We give because we know that assets we accumulate on this earth are not really ours. Rather, we are stewards or, or caretakers of God's assets. Because, because of this, we should be willing to give to others, not just willing, but ready to give with a cheerful heart, as 2 Corinthians 9-7 commands. Scripture tells us time and time again, to be generous with our finances, but generosity doesn't stop there. John 15, 13 says, Greater love has no, no one than this, that someone lay down his life for his friends. You might be thinking, lay down my life for someone? Sounds extreme, but if the Bible says it, if it comes down to it, I'm in. While truly giving up our life for someone is part of this command we find in, in John 15. It's further reaching than that. We're not often asked to actually give up, lay down our lives for someone, but often we're, we're asked to give up our, our desires or give up our plans, ambitions, uh, for the sake of um, serving someone else. Part of being the body is loving others by taking time out of our day to serve them, even if it means we have to go out and we don't get to do the things that we initially planned or on doing. 
With Jesus as our ultimate example, we are empowered by the Holy Spirit to demonstrate generosity to our brothers and sisters. We know the joy of generosity firsthand because we know the one who gave it all for us. Lastly, an authentic community is marked by being missional. Acts 2 closes saying, And the Lord added to the church daily those who are being saved. Our purpose as Christians is to live a life that is missions focused. Wherever God has placed us, that means we are to live for Christ's sake and purpose instead of our own. We talk all the time at Risen Life about being practical missionaries, and this is what we mean. God has placed you in your job, in your classes, in your neighborhood for you to glorify Him by telling those you come in contact with about Him. The last thing Jesus said to His disciples is found in Matthew 28, 19-20. It says, Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. By demonstrating love towards one another and sharing the gospel with the world, we live out the calling we were commissioned to. This creates community in two ways. First, God adds to the church this way. Our community or body grows by us sharing the gospel with others. Secondly, we grow closer to one another when we are sharing our stories together. During the men's, men's breakfast we had a few weeks ago, we spent the whole time discussing witnessing encounters each, each of us have had recently. It was a time where we got to encourage and pray for one another. Ultimately, being missional builds community. So you're probably thinking, all this sounds great, but how do we find this kind of community when everyone is in their home and not going anywhere? Well, the first thing we can do is we, re we remain Christ-centered. Schools and universities are moving to online formats. Lots of businesses are having their employees work from home. People aren't out socializing. And life as, as a whole has slowed down. Now more than ever, we have time on our, on our hands. Use this as an opportunity to spend added time with God. Study God's word and pray more than you normally have. Don't waste this time binging on all the shows you've been planning to watch. Instead, use this time to deepen your relationship with Christ. Second, we can still serve one another. There's people all across our community who are hurting due to the fallout of the spread of this virus. Look for ways to help your neighbors. Maybe they need you to help them out financially. I recently read an article the other day saying that in Tennessee alone, unemployment, claim, unemployment claims increased by more than 36,000 just last week. I've also heard story after story 
of the elder elderly people um, and how how afraid they are to go into public uh, at risk of getting this virus. People are out there looking for help, whether it's uh, financially or just someone needing to serve them. As the church, let's shift our focus off ourselves and look for ways to serve others around us. The last thing we can still do is we can be missional. I've said it many times before, and I'm going to keep saying that during times of crisis, people are looking for answers. As Christians, we have the only peace that can give any real reassurance at this time. The opportunities to tell others about Jesus are out there. What if instead of adding to the message of fear and panic that surrounds us, uh, instead we, we spread a message of hope? We tell as many people as we can about the hope that only can be found in Jesus. My prayer is that when we can finally meet up again, churches are full of new faces because the church didn't waste this time hiding in their own homes and, and serving themselves, but rather we used it to bring glory to God. Maybe you're out there listening to this and and the whole idea of this community seems so foreign to you. Maybe now that life has been stripped down, you're realizing the community you once knew isn't something that you can rely on. I encourage you to, to do something about it. If you're not a Christian this morning, the first step you take is you surrender your life to Christ. To do that, it's, it's, it's simple. You just say a simple prayer like this. There's no... No magic in these words, but just to help you kind of uh, articulate what's on your heart. Just say, Lord, I'm sorry for the way I've been living my life. I've been living in a way that brings me glory, and I'm tired of it. I want to live my life in a way that brings honor to you. Forgive me for, of my sins, Lord. I surrender my life to you. If you prayed that prayer, you know, typically if we were meeting in person, I would I would just have have you slip up your hand real quick just so I could connect with you. Uh, not to embarrass anyone, not to do anything like that, but just simply so I could connect with you and and help you grow along this new journey you're on. And obviously because we're having to do this um, this way, I, I don't get to do that. But I would still like to help you out. I'd still like uh, to be able to connect with you and and still help you as you uh, are living this new life for for Christ. Um, and then really the best way I can do that is if you reach out to me and through email, you can email me at connect at risenlifefellowship.com. I can just give you some materials um, to help you out point you in the right direction. Um, but if you're listening to this and 
you already are a Christian. You're already part of this body. Well, I encourage you to to find ways to continue to build this unity. Um, build this unity while we are uh, being forced to be separate. That way, when we come back together, it's just it's a stronger community than ever before. Don't let this time when we are uh, being forced apart from one another to go to waste, but ultimately find ways to bring God glory through all of this. I just want to close this in prayer. Father, we're so thankful for just the God you are. We're so thankful that when storms come our way, when, when everything we hear tells us we should be afraid, Lord, we don't have to be. We have that peace that only you provide. We have that assurance that comes from you, and we don't have to fear. Father, I pray that the church at this time steps up and, and truly bees the church. Lord, I pray that we're able to just love our neighbors better than we've been able to love them before. We love others within the church uh, better than we've been able to in the past, Lord. That we spend this time digging into your word and uh, maturing our relationships with you and ultimately just exemplifying who you are to, to, our, to this world, Lord. Father, I pray as we come in contact with our coworkers, our, our neighbors, people at the grocery store, Lord, that you just burden our hearts this week to, to say something to them, to figure out ways we can serve them. Lord, I pray that you just burden our hearts for the lost and that we're not ashamed of the gospel, but rather we can't wait to proclaim it to others. Father, we're so thankful for just the many blessings you've poured out on us, Lord. We love you and we're so thankful. We pray these things in your name. Amen.